hope you've enjoyed this series in what seems like a, a small little epistle, that uh, letter that John wrote to us, the very good friend, the disciple of Jesus, John, um, wrote these three epistles, and we are in 1 John, if you're new, in a series called The Real Thing. And we're going to continue as we jump into 1 John chapter 5 today. So 1 John chapter 5 is where uh, we're going to get to. I understand. I understand. Um, there is perhaps no greater statement than that, is there? When, when, when you figure it out, when someone gets you, I understand. Um, and if there's sheer joy in just the power of understanding, think about the potential severe consequences when we don't, when we misunderstand. Do you understand? I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Those are, those are powerful statements. I understand. I understand. Those are powerful statements related to a lot of things, like swimming. Swimming. Now, not in your pool, for those of you who have a pool, or um, not even in the Shenango Reservoir, Mercer County, where I grew up. Um, you know, in your pool, or even, even in a lake to some degree, um, you can control, for instance, that there's not things in the water that can eat you, right? So that's a nice thing about a pool uh, or a lake. Um, you, can, you can heat the water in your pool, get it to just the right temperature. Um, there's a lot of variables that you don't have to deal with in a pool or even in a lake that you do have to deal with in the ocean. The longer I talk, I'm wondering, why do we swim in the ocean, people? Like, in some ways, have you ever stood on the beach and those waves are coming at you and it's almost like they're saying, stay away, stay away. And yet we don't, right? Um, the tide rises and falls, that's a dangerous thing, right? Like, don't get caught in the high tide out too far. That's a bad thing. Um, and listen, I'm... I love to swim in the ocean. Uh, you know, my family, my extended family, we grew up uh, going to the ocean. And a lot of you share that, that delight of the ocean with me. Um, but you have to understand the ocean to swim in it. Isn't that true? Um, uh, I thought I knew what a rip current was. I read the signs. I understand. And some of you are kind of, you have the look on your face like, you have a story like I have a story, right? And you're lucky to be here like I'm lucky to be here. Because you now understand riptide and rip current. And that when they say you should swing, swim sideways instead of against it, you get that now. Because you've experienced a rip current. It's one thing to say, it's one thing to say, yeah, I understand. It's another thing to really, really understand. And when it comes to understanding things like swimming in the ocean, you know, there's, there's one of several reactions we have. Some people, it's just like, who cares, right? Like, let the kids go in, let the toddler swim, the dog, everybody. Who cares? You'll be fine. They can swim. Who cares? Um, some of us, on the other hand, are much more like, be careful, right? Know all the contingencies. Um, you know, if, if you have children, you have, you have like a canoe strapped to your kid. Like, uh, be careful. We want to know all the things that could go wrong. Um, 
be confident, right? That's what we want when we're out there in the water. I want to know what I need to be careful about. But I want to be confident. I want to be able to enjoy it. I understand. Um, Unfortunately, life is a lot more like the ocean than a swimming pool, isn't it? In the consequential issues of life and death, essential spiritual matters, questions of faith, questions we're asking in this series, who or what is the real thing, clarity is a priority. Understanding is everything. And maybe you're here today and those, those similar reactions mark you. Maybe you say, who cares? Uh, when it comes to essential issues of life, of faith, of God, of what is real, of what matters, your attitude might be, who cares, man? I, I just, I don't care. I live for today. Maybe. Or maybe, maybe your reaction is, be careful. Maybe it's, well, there's a lot, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of things to know out there. There's a lot of things to understand. A, a lot of things, a lot of things that are life and death and, and about God and, and ways to, to understand and believe. So, you know, you just got to be careful. You got to sort through it all. Listen. The Bible has a lot to say about this thing, understand. And the Bible says this, you can be confident in what you know about the life and death death issues that face us. Swimming in the ocean, as it were. You can understand. Understanding is everything. In the Bible, there's a lot of places where we see this. I want to show you one passage that stands out to me. This is, this is in Acts 8.30, so there's this guy, Philip, and he's, a, he's an early follower of Jesus, and he's, he's, a, he's placed somewhere miraculously, and he comes alongside this guy in a chariot, and he runs up to the chariot and, and sees the guy reading out of the then Bible what, what they had as Scripture. Notice, so Philip, Philip runs up to this guy. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you... Do you understand what you are reading? I love the King James. You know what the King James says? Understandest thou what thou readest. That sounds like what he probably actually said to the guy. (laughs) Understandest thou what thou readest? You talk funny. Um, Do do you understand what you're reading? Philip, Philip, who is a close follower of Jesus, realizes that this man is reading the Word of God, and says to this man, do you understand what you're reading? Why does he say that? Because it matters. Friend, it matters. Understanding is everything. Jesus in John's Gospel, not the epistle of John, but in John's Gospel, said this. Maybe you've read this before. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. He he also said this in that same chapter, you must be born again. That's Jesus. Today in John, in 1 John, John is going to explain the significance of understanding those statements. In 1 John chapter 5, I don't know that he had those statements in mind, but really, John is going to explain the significance of those two statements from his gospel, chapter 3. So, if you haven't already, um, 
turn with me to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. It's as if John is going to say this to us today. Understand to overcome. Understand to overcome. That's what John's, I think, I think if I were to encapsulate John, John 5, 1 to 5, he, he's saying that to us. Understand to overcome. Within that statement, there's three priorities we want to look at tonight. Um, understand to overcome. Three priorities we want to consider. Let me read the text, 1 John 5, 1 to 5. Follow along as I read. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the Word of God. And from it, John is saying to us, understand to overcome. Understand to overcome. Notice in the text, jump down, we're, we're, we're going to kind of move all, all around the text to kind of get to these priorities. But notice toward the end of the text in verse 4, several times John uses the word overcome. You see that? Look at the text with me in 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. says it again. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Understand to overcome. Repeated words are important words in the Bible. Repeated word. Overcome in just two verses. John uses that, the translation in the ESV of, of that word, overcome. Um, uh, what is he saying there? One writer, David Jackman, who wrote a, just a wonderful commentary on 1 John, um, says this. this in verse 4, where, where John says uh, he has overcome, John means a victory which has been achieved once and for all, appropriated in our daily experience. One translation translates verse 4 like this. This is the conquering power that has conquered the world. This is the conquering power that has conquered the world. Jackman writes, this is a victory which has been achieved once and for all, appropriated in our daily experience. It happened once, and it's appropriated in our daily experience. So it, it we're going to explain what John means by it happened once, and it's appropriated in our da daily experience. We, we get this conquering power, this overcoming power. We get it, and then we live it daily. Um, it's like a ring, right? Married people... Some, some of you are into, you have, you have a wedding ring. Um, some of you maybe not, maybe, a, maybe if you're not married, maybe a special piece of jewelry, there's that cross on your neck, and oh yeah, grandma, and it means a lot. But there's this piece of jewelry, right? Um, my, my wedding ring, I've never lost it by God's grace. Th close to 30 years with this thing, right? And some of you can relate. It's been a lot of places. A um, um, lot of stories with this ring. Uh, um, most memorable maybe when I was a student pastor in Lake Erie. I was walking out into the lake with about 15 students, and I dropped the ring in the Lake Erie. Yeah, and I said, obviously it ended well, but I said, stop, I lost my ring. A kid found the ring. Can you believe that? I mean, he did, he, there it is. He dove in and got the ring. So, like, if this ring could tell stories, right? Um, 
I got this ring one time. But in, in a sense, it's appropriated in my life every day, right? Every, every day that I see it or when I'm in a, I see a picture and I'm like, oh, there's my wedding ring. I mean, I don't, think, I don't think of it that way directly, right? But every now and then when you look at it, those of us who are married and have that ring or those who have that special necklace, you, oh, it takes you back to that time. It's just a symbol. <laughs> it doesn't make me an overcomer, but, it, but it, I got it once and it's appropriated throughout my life. Here's what John says. John says, John said there's a conquering power that is the victory to conquer. And it's, it, was a, it was given to us once and it's appropriated throughout our life. Man, what, I don't know about you, but I want that kind of power. I, I want this power that three times John says to me, it's an overcoming power. It's the conquering power that has conquered the world. He writes, it's a victory that, Jackman writes, it's a victory which has been achieved once and for all, and then it is appropriated in my daily experience. Man, what is that power? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because that's what John's going to talk about. He's going to say, understand to overcome. Understand to overcome. Three, three priorities in that. Believe, belong, behave. If you were here last weekend, Pastor Jeff alliter alliterated pretty well. But I like mine better. Believe belong, behave. That, that's what John, John says, understand to overcome. And by overcoming, he says, this, this is a conquering power that has conquered the world. It was given to you once, and you can appropriate, appropriate it in your life every day. Understand to overcome. All right, three priorities. Believe. He, this, this word transliterated in the ESV appears one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times in the book of 1 John. The word transliterated, believe. Um, notice 5 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ. Look down at 4. Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. I see another repeated word there that is an important word. Let me, here's the first thing John says, understand to overcome. Here's the first thing you need to understand, believe. Believe that Jesus is the Christ. That, that's, the, friend, friend, if you, if you don't, if you have not turned from your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ, that is the message of Jesus today. Believe. That is, what, that is the first thing that John says to us. If you are here and you're a follower of Jesus and you say, man, I've heard that before, hear it again. Press deeper into it. Understand to overcome. Believe. Um, a couple things about believing. There's an invitation to faith. Two times. One, four. What does John say? First word in, in, verse five, in verse 1 of chapter 5, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. There is an invitation. Friend in the worship center here, friends in the classic venue, wherever you're listening to this, here is the invitation that you should understand. 
believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Savior of the world. To turn from your sin and believe him and trust in him. There is an invitation. An invitation of faith to everyone. Not, not only though when it comes to believe is there an invitation to face faith, there is an object of faith. Very important. John doesn't say everyone believe. Period. Right? He says everyone to, to everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ. Man, Jesus is the object of our faith. He is the object of our belief. The Bible's emphasis is on the object of faith, not the subjective experience of believing. Friend, if you're here and you're seeking, listen, the world is full of a lot of things to believe. Here's on the authority of God's word, here's what John is saying. Here's what I am saying to you that John says to us. Believe that Jesus is the Christ. That is understanding to overcome. It is not just the subjective experience of believing that helps us understand what God wants for us. It is, it is rather understanding that we must believe in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. One writer says, Christian faith has a distinctive and irreducible content. Christian faith has a distinctive and irreducible content, and it is the person and work of Jesus. Believe that. I don't know where, I don't know where you shop for food. I shop a lot of places, but if you live in Chippewa Township, one of the places you probably shop is Aldi. And here's what I hate about shopping at our Aldi. It's, it's downwind from McDonald's. Why do they do that to us? And if you're here and you're like, I, I don't necessarily even like McDonald's. Well, I don't care. If you, you know, if you, if you get out of your car at that Aldi in Chippewa Township and you know you're going in to get like lettuce or uh, apples or toilet paper and you are hit in the face with the smell of french fries, you know that's not Aldi. And furthermore, you don't want to go into Aldi. You want to go into McDonald's. And sometimes I do. And then I go buy lettuce. I have never once gotten out of that car and been smacked in the face with that wonderful smell and thought to myself, wow, something smells good in Aldi. Nothing smells good in Aldi. It's just all the stuff you need. McDonald's has a distinctive and irreducible content. Friend, understand to overcome means there's an invitation to believe. And the object of that belief is the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. John says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. The first call to understanding, to live as an overcomer is this, believe. The question is simple this week on weekend, wherever we are. Do you believe? Do you believe? Have you turned from your sin? 
believing that Jesus is the Christ. This has been John's message. Believe, 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 he has said. Putting your faith and your trust in Jesus. It is as simple as crying out to God and saying, God, I confess my sin to you. I repent, and I want Jesus Christ to come in and take over the throne of my life. That's a prayer you can pray before this sermon. As you can tune me out and pray that prayer to God. Man, it is... It is understanding that overcomes. That's where John begins. Quickly, some of us need to extend the invitation to believe to our everyone, don't we? Christian friend here, here's some application for those of us who are followers of Jesus. Who's your everyone that needs to hear the invitation today? As it were, in your mind, if you say you're a follower of Jesus, you know there's that family member, there's that person you work with, there's that friend, that person and as it were, John is saying, take the invitation to that everyone in your life. And some of us need to decide on the object of our, of our faith. Tim Keller writes, the gospel is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. Believe that. Understand to overcome Turn from sin. Faith in Jesus Christ is understanding to overcome. Believe. Belong. Belong. Verse 1. Again, repeated words. Notice what John says. In verse 1, twice, he talks about being born of God. Whoever is born of Him. Two times, that's in in. Uh, verse 1. Then in verse 4, for everyone who has been, there's our phrase again, born of God. That's the phrase we want to hone on, focus on when we talk about belonging. Two things to think about when we think about belonging. First of all is this, we belong to the Father. We belong to the Father. Uh, five one. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. We belong to the Father. Huge. We could just talk about this point. Um, the Father is the giver of life and love. Let's say it that way. What does it mean to belong to the Father? It means this. It means He has given us life and He has given us love. Another term for being born of God is a theological term, regeneration. Maybe you've heard that term, maybe not. It's a good term. It's a good Bible term. We are regenerated. We are born of God. We belong to the Father. John says, He is the one who gives us life and love. Listen Listen how the Apostle Paul, uh, another writer of much of the Bible, listen what he said. In, this is in Ephesians 2. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins, but God, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. God doesn't make bad people good. God makes dead people live. We belong to God. God loved us. God gave us life. Oh, I'm not a bad person. I just needed a little help, so God kind of... No, no! We are born of God. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, 
It is God who came to us when we were dead in our trespasses and sin. And He made us alive in Christ. Um, if you have your Bible open, jump over. You can probably do it on the same page without turning. Look at 3.1. John has said this all throughout the book. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should belong, that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. There it is. We understand to overcome. We belong. And first and foremost, we belong to the Heavenly Father. In fact, though John kind of has it out of order here, even our ability to believe is because we, are, we belong to the Father. You know that? Really, really, point number one, believe, flows out of point number one. I am born of God, and because God brought me to life, I have the faith to believe. So this is so important. I can't stress this enough. We belong to the Father. Um, 3.1, if you're still there, notice it says, notice how that verse is written, uh, that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. Some translations say, indeed we are. Um, one writer says, that passage, that verse is meant to take our breath away, to startle and amaze us, so we are left gasping. So, sometimes it's, when we think about belonging to the Father, it's, it's hard to think that way, isn't it? When, when was the last time, when was the last time you surprised someone? Not like scared them, you know, like, bah, oh, not that. I hate that. But I mean, in a good way, um, a couple weeks ago, my daughter lives in Raleigh, and my wife was down there for some work-related things, and long story short, decided to pull things together, and I decided to drive down and surprise her. So Raleigh's a long way away to do that, but I did it and drove down there and, uh, and uh, met my wife and uh, away from Ellie's house and then drove to where Ellie's house was, and of course, she's expecting my wife, and so my wife walks into the house, and I, I didn't. And I'm like, how do I do this? Isn't that the greatest? Right? There's a hundred ways to surprise someone. And so I, my wife went in and I just I knocked at the door. And I, I heard Ellie say, that's the FedEx guy. One of her roommates was expecting a package. She said, Mom, can you get the door? That's the FedEx guy. And Jillian's like, no, I, I can't get the door. So Ellie comes to the door. It's not the FedEx guy. It's me. I'm here from Beaver Falls. That's so awesome. She's like, what are, you, what are you doing here? I didn't know you were coming. I know. And I pulled it off. I surprised you. Isn't that great? Some of you are like, oh, yes, I love that. At your birthday party, that friend of yours at work, your spouse, your kids, some way, See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called the children of God. So we are. What? I belong to the Father. He has given me life. And He's given me love. And I bet if I pressed on some of your lives here this weekend at Pathway Church, there's some real issues with fathers in our midst, right? And I'll tell you what, by God's grace, I have a wonderful father and he means the world to me. But I know there's some folks seated here in this building on our moon campus this weekend who
oh man, that's real tender because the father thing has been rough. Friend, I, I would tell you that God is a loving father who gives life and gives love. Listen, in Christ, you belong to him. What love the Father has shown to us that we are called children of God. Surprise, so we are. We belong to the Father. I pray this week that we would be startled and amazed by that, okay? Christian friend, how, how about it? How about we put ourselves in the way of being startled and amazed by the love of the Father? That, that's, a, that's a good assignment, I think. So we, be, we believe we belong to the Father. We also belong to the family. We belong to the family. I even alliterated my subpoints, Jeff. We belong to the family. If the Father gives us life and love in the family, we then give life and love, right? Isn't that what John's saying? Well, notice... Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. The Father gave me life and love, and so I belong to Him, and so I belong to the family. I, I belong to the saints at Pathway. And because the Father has given me life and He's given me love, I'm looking for ways to give life and to give love. Man, that's a great definition of the church. Christian friend, we belong to each other. John says believe and belong. You want to understand overcome, understand this. You believe that Jesus is the Christ because you belong to the Father. And we also belong to the family. We belong to each other. And man, that matters. We have been given life and we have been given love. We are to give life and we are to give love. How are you doing with that, Christian friend? Where are you finding that kind of family if you're here and you don't know Jesus? Man, the church is family. It should be. It should be a place where we are giving life and giving love. Think about, think about John's terms. Don't you love family language? Meemaw, papaw, Mimi, gramps, pappy, nana, papa. Some of you, man, you just, you melt when a little kid calls you that. Some of you got it on your truck, like this is Papa's truck. Who would do that? You would. Man, that's, that's dear. Those are dear terms. That's, that, those are family terms. Those are terms of belonging. It hasn't been lost on John. What has he said? He said, he said, beloved a lot. Isn't that beautiful? Beloved. Little children. He called some of the saints he was writing to here, my little children. He says, fathers, some of those, some of those older saints, he, he says to them, fathers. Some of those who are growing in the church he was writing to, he says, you young men. We belong to the Father who gives us life and gives us love. We belong to the family so we can give life and give love. 
pathway were family. Understand, overcome, the invitation to believe in the object of that faith, of that belief, is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John said in 419, we love God because he first loved us. We belong to the Father. And we belong to the family. Understand to overcome, believe, belong, behave. This is it, last thing. John says, understand to overcome. And he says, it will be evident in our behavior. Hey, Christian friend, guess what will flow out of belief that Jesus is the Christ because we belong to the Father, the right behavior? Not perfectly, none of us are, but if we, if we believe that Jesus is the Christ and He has saved us and we belong to the good Father, man, it will affect our behavior. Two words kind of rise to the surface in these few verses, and they've risen to the surface throughout the book of John, especially one. John says this, love and obey. Uh, look at verse 2. We could read this anywhere in the text. Uh, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. Love, obey. Um, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. Um, Love, obey. Our love is demonstrated in obedience. Our obedience is demonstrated in love. Love, obey. If, listen, if we believe that Jesus is the Christ because we belong to the Father and we belong to one another, then we should love in obedience and we should obey in love. Understand to overcome, John says. A couple things in our behavior. Prolific love. Prolific Love. Prolific means a lot. But a lot didn't sound as good. So I use prolific because I don't know what else to say because this entire book John has been telling us to love, hasn't he? Man, it's everywhere. I looked it up 26 times in the ESV the word love is used in John, in 1 John. I mean, if you circle that, you're going to have carpal tunnel. Love, 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 love. John says our behavior as believers in Jesus, as those belonging to the Father and belonging to one another, should be love. So, love prolifically. I don't know what else to say. Check out some past sermons on 1 John. Um, In fact, it's, it's striking as I looked over some of the sermons that have been preached. Many of the titles have love in the title because John just talks about it so much. Why? Because it's important. It's an important part of our behavior. Christian friend, where does it get down into your heart to say, man, love is, I'm not loving here. Where does that need to change? Friend here, if you don't, if you haven't found love, if, if you don't know the meaning of love, if, it's, if you're seeking that, man, this book is full of understanding to overcome And part of that understanding is in Christ there is love. What an important thing John tells us. So our behavior 
should be marked by love. Notice prolific love, but then notice the second thing, unburdened obedience. Unburdened obedience. Um, he says obey uh, to when we love God, uh, but, this is, but this we know that, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. There it is. Um, look at verse 4, verse 3. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. Look at this curious statement. And His commandments are not burdensome. Anybody else think that sounds like a paradox? His commandments are not burdensome. What an interesting statement. Because in my mind and in my life, commandments are burdensome. Somehow, John says, in our behavior, we should love prolifically and we should, we should obey unburdened by the commandments that God gives us. Man, I, I have trouble living there. Um, here's something I can't wait for when school lets out. School zones. 15 miles an hour? I didn't even think my car went 15 miles an hour. I'm an important person. Do you understand? I have places to be in the morning. I'm cruising along at 45, which is normal. And like for four miles, I have to go 15. 15. And I'm like 100 yards from the school. Why is that a thing? Man, just crawling along. I'm never going to get there. I hate school zones. Until, until that bus is in front of me, right, and that red sign comes out, and all those cute little kids come running out. Oh, now I know why I'm not the most important person in the world. We've got to do everything we can to protect that kid getting on the bus. And Matt Fry not paying attention going 45, not a good thing. But you see the conflict there? Because my Christian life is a lot like that. Man, sometimes, sometimes I feel like, God, the things you ask me to do are burdensome. And here's John saying, hey, you want to you understand to overcome, believe in Jesus Christ because you belong to the Father and you belong to one another. So love prolifically and obey unburdened by the commandments. Man, I want to I know, here's my prayer this week, God, I want to know how to obey you like that. Right? Um, the psalmist, I think, talks about this, and I think it's worth us just pondering for a moment, because I don't know about you, but obedience is tough as a follower of Jesus. Um, the psalmist in Psalm 19 talks about, he's talking, I'm going to go to a verse here in a minute, but he's talking about the law, the testimony of God, his precepts, the commandments of God, the fear of God, the rules of the Lord, all those commandments. And then, in verses 10 and 11, this is what he says about them. These rules, these commandments, the psalmist says, they are more to be desired than gold. What? They are sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. And by them is your servant warned. So the psalmist has come to a place of understanding in his life that he says these rules they're, they're more valuable to me than gold. He says, he says they, are, they are like a sweet honey, but it's a honey that warns you. 
You taste it and it's delicious and it's sweet and I know it's the right thing and I love it. But there's also a part of it that reminds me, this is why I need to obey. Man, that is, that is deep truth. God, God, help me to understand your, your law like the psalmist understood. Because here's what John says. John says, if you want to understand to overcome, you have to love and you have to obey. If you're here and you struggle with that, let me, let me say a couple things. Here's some prayers to pray this week. God, give me power to love and obey. That's the first prayer to pray. Because if you're here and you're like, all right, by golly, here's five ways I'm going to obey God starting tonight. Good luck. You can't will yourself into this. It is the power of believing in Jesus Christ and belonging to the Father, right? That's what's going to change my behavior. So here's my prayer. Oh God, give me the power to love and obey like the psalmist. Here's another prayer. God, change my desires to love and obey. Hey friend, what's that thing you're, you're holding out? What's that idol in your life? What's that self-salvation project? That thing you're like, God, you can have everything, but don't touch that. Would to God, with the psalmist, we would say, God, your commands, they're, they're more precious than gold. They're like honey from the honeycomb. God, change my desires. Help me to let go of that thing, that idol that I worship. Help me to obey. God, change my desires to love and obey. Here's the final prayer I think we should pray. God, remember your promises as I love and obey in hard places. Because here's the truth. A lot of us are up against things right now, and, and if I were to sit and talk with you, you would say, Matt, you don't understand how tough this is. And you're probably right. Because, man, life is like that. But here's something I know about the psalmist. When he said that, that the commands of God were like honey from the honeycomb, he was constantly looking back on the promises of God and saying, God, come through like that again. God, it's, it's hard to obey you. It's hard to love in this place. So God, remember what you did there in my life? Do that again. Remember what your word said there? Take me back to that. Be that God for me. Because friends, John is saying to us, understand to overcome, love and obey. And God's commandments are not burdensome, but they're only not burdensome in His power for us, in our belief in Jesus Christ because we belong to the Father. That's where we have to start. Behave with love and obedience because we believe in Jesus and we belong to the Father. We are born again. We are loved by the Father and we live in the family of faith. So John says, understand to overcome. Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the faith that has overcome the world, our faith. This is the conquering power that conquers the world. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Anybody not want to overcome? You're like, nah, I'll just kind of fail through life. I'm good with that. No. Wouldn't be normal. The message of a million social media posts is this. You can do it. Or, look what I did. Well, understand, to overcome. What does God say about that? 
In Romans 8, 37, it says this, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. We're overcomers. Through Him who loved us. Understand, overcome. Jesus said this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives peace do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Understand, overcome, believe the gospel. Today, turn from your sin, believe that Jesus is the Christ. You must be born again, born of God the Father into the family of faith, behaving in love and obedience. That is the message of John. Understand to overcome. Let's pray. God, these are powerful words from John's gospel and words he has come at us with, it seems like, each week. So they matter so much. I pray if there's one here who can't imagine living as a conqueror, can't imagine overcoming, that God, you would draw their hearts by your spirit to Jesus Christ. That they would come to know you, to believe that Jesus is the Christ. I pray if there's one here, that that would be their prayer of faith today. God, we thank you that you made us alive and that you give us love. We are born of you. I pray we would be in awe that we are children of God. So we are. And Lord, may that flow into the belonging that we share with one another. Help us to be people who love well who obey because your commandments are not burdensome. Lord, give us that kind of understanding to overcome. We pray in Jesus' name.